This yours? It's not. Share it. Could you get one? Could you get number five? Anybody need morning. It's great to be back with you. I hope you're rested and ready for a glorious Lord's Day uh, together. Open your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 17. I'm going to read verses 1 to 14. As we do so, let's pray. Again, our glorious God, we bless your name that you are the God of life and salvation, a God who is all wise, eternity having planned the entire scheme of redemption and all the means of its application. And we thank you, Lord, as we continue to discuss uh, the covenant and we come to this very important aspect of it. We ask that your spirit will bless us and give us understanding. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Genesis 17, 1 to 14. Now when Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name should be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And Abraham is a father of a multitude. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will uh, make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your seed after you. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your seed after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every male among you should be circumcised. You should be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. It should be the sign of the covenant between me and you. Every male among you who is eight days old should be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in the house for whose Bought with money from any foreigner who's not of your seed. A servant who's born in your house or um, a servant who's born in your house or who was bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. There shall be my covenant in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person should be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. We'll come to kind of the uh, the apex 
of our discussion of the covenant. Uh, by talking about the visible church as the means by which God administers and executes his covenant purposes. And in doing so then, looking at the relation between the covenant and the visible church, we'll answer many other questions about the visible church. When was it established? Particularly question that came up yesterday, what's the, what's the relation of the unregenerate to God's covenant? What's the relation of our children in the covenant? And it's in this discussion of the church flowing out of our exegesis of Genesis 17, uh, I think we'll answer uh, these questions. You know, as we do so, uh, and mindful, as I mentioned yesterday, you live in a part of uh, the world that's been highly influenced by dispensationalism. And those who hold to uh, the regular scheme think the church was an afterthought. And one of the things you'll see today, the church is not an afterthought. It's not a parenthesis in history. In fact, the church is part of the eternal plan of God in the covenant of grace. I want first to look at the importance of the church, generally speaking, and then we will look at the establishment of the visible church in Genesis 17, and then the work of the church, and then the non-elect in the church. So the importance of the church, I've already said, the church was part of God's eternal plan. One passage that is clear about this is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. To me, the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery. And these mysteries were truths that were in a very veiled and shadowy form revealed in the Old Testament, and it was through the apostolic revelation they come to their full light. Union with Christ, the Gentiles incorporated in the church, such things as that, the fullness of the incarnation. Uh, to, to me, then, to bring to light the ministration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So here we see an eternal scheme, uh, the, the eternal purpose of God, and part of that is to make his wisdom known to the world and to the angels um, his wisdom of salvation through the church. We are God's uh, uh, instrument now of placarding his name. Uh, you read in the Psalms and you recognize that God has determined to reveal, reveal his glory primarily through the church, through you as a, an expression of the visible church. And as we'll come to the real climax tonight, uh, that takes place in worship and in the preaching of God's word. So uh, from eternity then, as God chose us, as we saw yesterday, he chose us in Christ, gave Christ to us as the covenant head, made covenant with Christ in eternity, with God the Son in, in, in prospect of his becoming the incarnate Christ, and gave him commandments, promises, uh, and 